0: Welcome, Peter.
1: Thank you. Good morning.
0: Good morning. Do
1: you affirm that you will um, tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? I absolutely do. Thank you. Good morning. Hi, Chris.
0: Can you uh, please just uh, repeat your, your full name for us?
1: My name is Peter Van Kolhart i'm a resident of kelvin grove prince edward island have been there since 2019 in november and moved from niagara ontario to prince edward island Um, my family and i moved because we have a business and discovered a business opportunity that was uh, going to work for us provided we weren't interfered with and uh, as everybody knows March 20 March 11th um, the interference came and it's changed our lives drastically
0: March 11th of uh, 20, 20, 20. Mm-hmm. Peter um, you, you said you you moved from Ontario to Prince Edward Island for for business development opportunities. That's correct Can you tell me more about your business, please?
1: my wife and I run a business that is a a um, A private post-secondary Institution for training the people who are the professional operators running water treatment plants and wastewater treatment facilities in this country Our work uh, is comprised of preparing those people for their provincial examinations for recertification and initial licensing Um, It's the only profession that I know of that requires individuals in the profession to recertify on a cyclical period of typically three years
0: and what exactly uh for to make sure everyone understands what what that means what exactly do do you teach them what is the subject matter yes we importance. we
1: provide the training in the physical chemical and biological sciences hydraulics um, the engineering the chemistry the biochemistry of treatment of drinking water, pub, public drinking water, um, the conveyance of that drinking water in the distribution systems, the collection in the wastewater collection systems, and the ultimate treatment in the wastewater treatment facilities for final end disposal.
0: And when you say for final end disposal, what does that mean?
1: Uh, wastewater has to go back to where it came from.
0: And how long have you been doing this?
1: since 1987
0: Since 1987 um, and when, when when you instruct how does that typically take place the instruction largely
1: is uh, in class in-person instruction with uh, small numbers of students it's somewhat boutique training mostly hands-on because there are many skills that have to be transmitted through Um, verbal uh, communication and reinforcement I've brought some photos uh, that I'd like to introduce to the Commission Um, and I'll hold them up and then pass them on Um, the first photo is a photo of me with a class of students in a laboratory uh, doing this kind of work the second photo is a photo of the students performing an analysis after the instruction. Um, This is very typical. So initially, we'd have a small classroom briefing, then go into the laboratory and perform the work. And I've done this for over 33,000 students uh, in the period of time that I've been instructing in this field.
0: Incredible. Where are your students come from all over the world, Canada. You know, we've
1: had students from the United Nations Human Resources uh, um, branch uh, from Cyprus. We've had. I've conducted classes in Australia. I've conducted uh, training throughout Ontario, um, the the military bases across the country, Newfoundland, Labrador, Ontario. Um, in nova scotia alberta manitoba and uh, british columbia
0: you have a, clearly a breadth of experience uh, for the commissioners knows those the pictures that mr uh, that peter held up are exhibits number tr 0009 as well as tr 0009 a um, Peter, you then re- you made a choice to move from Ontario to Prince Edward Island for those business development opportunities. Um, how were or were you impacted, or was you, and was your business impacted by the lockdowns, restrictions, or government mandates? The simple
1: answer is yes, but I will elaborate. We discovered, or yes, we discovered a business niche that. Almost compelled us to consider moving to Prince Edward Island from Ontario for several reasons Um, I'm ending I'm getting close to the end of my career and uh, my ability to um, want to keep teaching Um, we discovered that we really enjoyed Prince Edward Island from frequent visits in the past Um, my wife and I discussed this if we were going to settle down this was a great place to do it and um, all of the pieces worked with my insight in believing that the maritime provinces were underserved in the level of instruction that i was able to bring that i had been doing in ontario for a number of years i ascertained that i could travel back and forth to ontario still maintain the business that we had there and develop new business here in the maritimes particularly with the indigenous communities of the uh, of the north Shore of New Brunswick, and we have made inroads, and it 's been great. Our reception, initially when we were um, advertising and, and putting out the information that we were here, was, "Oh, thank God, somebody like you is here in the Maritimes, both from the maritime um, operators that I came in contact with and the people who run the municipalities who own and operate these kinds of facilities.
0: Peter, what were some of your biggest challenges that you faced during those times to, uh, to keep your business going? Because you said that, you know, uh, it, it happens in person because you need to have access to a laboratory. Uh, so there's a lot of hands-on. So when, when restrictions and mandates came in, how did that impact you? And, and so what were those challenges that you faced?
1: <coughs> you have to understand civil servants, and I don't wish to disparage all of them. But I will, I will explain, having been one once uh, for the province of Ontario, uh, there is a mentality that uh, you must follow the groupthink. And whatever is uh, currently in favor is the thing that's going to be done. So there are lots of people who like to build empires and lots of people who like to um, run their own little show. That said, many of the municipalities simply followed what was a directive from their provincial governments, which was a directive from the national government, and those facilities were deemed um, closed, so there was no access to drinking water facilities, there was no access to wastewater treatment facilities, um, the laboratories associated with them, or the people who staffed them.
0: So the treatment facilities and the fresh water facilities, drinking water facilities, were were closed, uh, meaning you could not provide any instruction whatsoever? How would that impact? Oh,
1: the impact impact was huge. Um, Revenues essentially went from one level to zero.
0: Because as you've mentioned, this has to be done in person so an online type of teaching was is not something that's yeah that's the, feasible.
1: the 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 zoom type of instruction that many people experienced during this time simply didn't work i teach adults adults uh, predictably are kind of like herding cats when you get them into a classroom but in particular individuals who do not um, sit in an office on a daily basis they're active throughout a facility Uh, maintaining monitoring and operating the facilities so many of my students the feedback that came back was we really don't want to play Hollywood squares and we prefer that uh, we'll wait until you can come in for live uh, interaction and training which is exactly what we did in in buying the time in buying the time I have to stress that I had to I had to dissolve assets uh so corporate assets personal assets um monies we had saved for retirement that sort of thing um was all used to try and keep our lives afloat
0: so in order to make ends meet so to speak uh, you were you had no choice but to essentially shut down your business because of these mandates and restrictions the business
1: essentially mm-hmm. shut down and i refused to take um the vaccine until the last possible moment. And unfortunately I had to take the vaccine because I was faced with a, an economic crisis uh, that I didn't want to, uh, go through.
0: And the the necessity for taking a vaccination, what, what was that for?
1: Um, the, the federal government declared that uh, nobody could travel on an aircraft without, um, vaccines or without the injections and um, i had an economic benefit that was available to me in ontario my own province however uh constrained me from traveling by car because i could not return back to the island unless i had been vaccinated Um, for all the mandates that happened everywhere else the the mandates on prince edward island were even more draconian because basically a bunker mentality was set up on the island to prevent any sort of person from coming onto the island and if anybody was following numbers and stats there was a period of time when everybody was glib about the fact that you know we were an island we were isolated therefore we were we were very lucky and you know the angel of death had passed over us and we were not going to be uh, impacted nearly as bad as what we saw in the news and other places
0: how did it make you feel that um, because it sounds as though, based you know what you said, you had it wait until the very last minute, and then you uh, got the vaccinations before simply for for not simply is not is not the right word to use, but for not right to not the right word to use, but for an economic benefit. How did that make you feel?
1: It's the it's the uh, decision I most regret in my life. Um, my wife and I both went to go and get the first shot. And I had to do it for us and for our family. She did not have to do it. And she uh, turned to me and said, I just, I just can't do it. And I said, that's fine. Don't do it. Um, I, I completely understand it. She supported that I had to do it, but she did not agree that I should have it. And uh, I certainly did not. Uh, want to take it I regret it and I have done everything in my power to research the detoxification protocols that are available and for anyone listening natto kinase is one of those things that's on the list and I believe dr. McCullough probably spoke about it um, uh, yesterday Um, Chaga vitamin D3 um, vitamin C liposomal
0: Terry um so, sorry to interject, but as, as we, we do have to move on, and I, I appreciate you know the seriousness sure, I and, it. and the consequence, but um, I'm also aware that, you know, you have a other side, aside from, a, from an economic, uh, significant economic impact on you and, and, and your family, but I also understand you have uh, something uh, personal impact with relation to a family member.
1: Correct. Um, so, in staving off the inevitable injection, uh, un- for me it was not until September of 2021, 20- I believe, 2021. Um, I was not able to travel to my mother, who was in care in Ontario, and regret my second biggest decision is regrettably I had to sign the, the, the form that required her to get her vaccine in care. Um, I was faced with the conundrum as her um, medical power of attorney that if I did not sign it, they would eject my mother from care. This is a woman in a wheelchair who could not, could not move and they were going to eject her from care. They were going to turn her out. And I would have to find altern- alternative accommodation for me being in PEI, she being in Ontario. And my third, my third photo I'm going to hold up is the photo of my dear mother, Adele. And this, this is a, a great photo. but that's the last time I saw her. That was through a window at a healthcare facility in November of 20, when I was able to fly before vaccines were made available under the constraints that were imposed at the time. She was on a second floor window in her room we had an hour and a half conversation because I was fully aware that that was perhaps the last time I was going to see her for a long time and after she had her second injection she developed vaginal bleeding and this is a woman in her 80s who'd never had any problem with her reproductive system whatsoever she bore four children naturally and um, to develop vaginal bleeding was curious at the most, and her wishes her wishes were carried out very quickly after her death, and I wish the hell I'd insisted on an autopsy and a particular investigation as to the cause of what really killed her.
0: Thank you, Terry. Um, you 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 said that your. Once again, a choice, the word choice that, that you faced was, because of your, your medical authority of attorney, that if you, you had to sign for your mother get vaccinated in the care facility, if not, you faced ejection.
1: Correct, the, um, the healthcare facility or the uh, care facility was a not-for-profit care facility on in Ontario and the care she had received up until that time was exemplary it was much better than many of the places my wife and I had sussed out the year previous uh, we had seen horrible places and so we were very confident that she was in the best care possible at the time but they of course went full full mandate full blinkers on Um, there were no deviations from their rules and their imposed rules they claim they came from the government I I know that everybody claims they come for the government but they pile on their own little twist to them and by the time every one of us had to deal with people who said well you have to wear a mask here or or have to uh, show your past there uh, we all had some pretty stiff um, uh, stiff um, what's the word I'm looking for encounters with um, the
0: outlets. Thank You Terry um, Peter Well, I have more questions we are we are running short on time. So um, I Think you've already presented great testimony. So I will defer to the commissioners for any questions and follow Thank you for your testimony
1: of course, thank you for your service
0: I just have a few clarifying questions about your business thank you Um, you mentioned that you had adult students I'm just wondering if you can tell me who a typical student would have been in your your business oh uh,
1: certainly all my students are adults Uh, none of my students are uh, directly out of college or university they're all people who are actively employed as a result of their employment in this industry the water and wastewater industry they have to seek provincial licensing in order to continue to work in the, in the business. That licensing is only valid unless they uh, recertify. The recertification usually takes place every three years. They have to show a certain number of continuing education units and contact hours in order to get that recertification. In Ontario it's, it's quite high, it's a little less here in Atlantic Canada, but nonetheless if they do not have it, they cease to be able to be employed.
0: Thank you. And one other question. Um, I think I heard you say that one of the reasons uh, you, hope your business became depressed in PEI was because of the closure of facilities. But that if you could travel to Ontario, you could still work. And is that was something different in Ontario from PEI at that time?
1: No, the net the net kept getting tighter and tighter. Every time I made a An overture to arrange something and I had made several things work um, at the last minute it was somebody within the um, the municipality who suddenly came down with a no no we can't have anybody from outside our group to infiltrate and potentially infect us and therefore we're closed
0: okay thank you
1: you're welcome Uh, You alluded to the uh, protocol that had been developed and still developing for detoxification from Vax injuries. Did you personally suffer any Vax injuries? No Vax injuries, but I I am grateful that I have used the knowledge and skill I have to um, find the things that I needed necessary to diminish whatever potential I believe is out there. Um, for a back injury. I, I do question a change in my, my overall energy level. Um, but I, you know, I cannot conclusively say because part of the problem of all of what has gone on in the last three years is that everything is broken, access to the medical system is broken, access to get tests and uh, confirmatory things done are broken. I happen to be a pilot, and I've been a pilot since I was 17. And I can tell you that a two-year medical examination that was a normal course of events is no longer a normal course of events. It's a telephone conversation with a medical practitioner to get reassessed. And being a pilot, I have two major concerns. That is, those pilots in this country and other places who got the vaccine, if they have a potential for some sort of vaccine injury, I Have a real concern about being in the air with those pilots and the second thing is that the pilots that didn't get the vaccine Who were furloughed for whatever reason because their airlines had mandates or their mandates were imposed on them by the federal government? um, Those people are the ones that you definitely want to seek out and fly with and support whatever airlines they might be with and lastly, um, I think there's going to be a large amount of canadians who when it comes time to receive or transfuse blood in medically necessary conditions a uh, a condition about whether or not you're receiving vaccine vaccine available blood or non-vaccine available blood will be an issue as well thank you
0: sorry i have um, just a couple of brief questions about your mother thank you how long After she got the second injection did her uh, medical condition start and how long after did she pass
1: away she passed away four months after the second shot her medical conditions uh, uh, occurred within three weeks of the um, the first shot
0: uh, secondly, did you have any discussions with the medical personnel that you thought it might be a reaction to the vaccine?
1: I did. And you can probably understand what that reaction would have been. Oh, no, you can't possibly know anything because you're not a doctor.
0: So then, I, is it safe to say that it was not registered in the CAVIS system as an adverse reaction?
1: No, I, I believe it wasn't. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: Thank you for your testimony, I just would like to ask you refer to the PEI protocols and mandates as draconian Could you kind of expand on that, please?
1: Hmm, I don't think I have enough time (laughs) the the initial response was on the island was to literally barricade the bridge and they put up a barricade everybody was required to go through some sort of search procedure questioning that was I'm going to say literally unCanadian. Canadian things that you'd never expect to hear or experience in Canada these are the same kinds of questions that I answered routinely going across the border 30 years that I lived in Niagara because I was I was only 15 minutes from the Canadian US border and quite used to answering the the nature of those kinds of questions for border security but I never expected to experience that in new, in in PEI or New Brunswick when I once came over to New Brunswick because I got myself declared essential because of the nature of the work I did and in traveling to Sydney Nova Scotia I can tell you that I was stopped at the border between Sydney and New Brunswick by a group of angry people who had been locked down and and by individuals wielding bats threatening to smash cars as a result of their reaction to being locked down at this point for over a year the only reason I got through that roadblock was because I wasn't declared an essential and I explained it to the individual wielding the bat and he acquiesced and and allowed me to pass through I was able to deliver able to deliver the training in Sydney Nova Scotia to the people who were waiting for me there sadly I was only into that training two days before Nova Scotia locked down. Nova Scotia, and I was required to return back to Prince Edward Island, so that training was postponed for another period of time, and I was able to go back and complete it, but almost three or four months later.
0: Thank you very much, Peter. I really appreciate your time this morning.
1: Thank you, and uh, my fellow Canadians, thank you. We're awake.